0: What is going on with the Matt Walsh Show and YouTube? Uh, We had a big announcement from his team this week about some things he's personally been going through. And uh, I, I felt like it was important enough for us to discuss here on this program because the things that are happening with big tech today impact all of us, impact churches, impact Christians, and your ability to speak to this generation. So uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, get into some of the way that impacts us. Here we go. Okay, so uh, I guess jumping right into the discussion here today, and I do have my normal co-host with me, the one and only Mr. Don Medicus. So excited to have you with us today, my friend. Glad to be here. Well, uh, yeah, say, say hello to your wife, Patsy. My wife, Patsy, she's such a sweetheart. <laughs> she is, yeah. Uh, so, so Dawn, um, I know kind of like in prep for what we're about to talk about here, you and I actually watched the video in full. In fact, um, I'm actually not going to play excerpts from it because uh, I haven't quite figured out yet how to do this without YouTube blocking it. So, I thought rather than rather than risk that, I would have us just kind of watch it. And then I will put a link in the description to this video. Uh, So you can watch his video in full if you'd like to see how he was targeted by the left uh, over the last couple of weeks and some uh, attacks that took place specifically trying to bring him down and and trying to frustrate uh, his work and what he's doing in terms of Matt Walsh, not in terms of Don Mm -hmm. Medicus. Uh, But uh, so, but um, so Don and I watched this, and I'm going to read for you the email that, uh, that we got this week and uh, that his supporters got, which um, I actually read the email first anyways, and then I, I went online and I saw, uh, I saw the program. I saw him discussing it in person, but uh, I, I'm just going to kind of read this for you. The left's, the left's launched an ass- all-out assault on me and my show. Here's what we're doing to fight back. Okay, so that's the that's the title of the email, the subject line. But it says here, On Monday afternoon, I was informed that YouTube was demonetizing my channel. This was a first step towards a possible permanent demonetization or banishment from the platform entirely. YouTube keeps its rules intentionally vague. They will penalize you for violating their policies, and yet they will not explain exactly what their policies are. The company gives itself the license to single anybody out for whatever reasons they decide. They accused me of engaging in hateful conduct, which supposedly ran afoul of both their community guidelines and their ad guidelines. They already took the step of deleting a number of my offending episodes And now they're taking away our ads, which is a penalty of more than $100,000 per month. They provided us with just three examples of my infractions. And this is really what I wanted to get at. Though they wouldn't tell us why they were infractions. All three of them had to do with the Dylan Mulvaney and seemed to revolve around the crime of, quote, misgendering. For example, when I referred to Mulvaney at one point as a, quote, guy, which he is, that's me, uh, not Matt Walsh. You should know that we were not flagged by the algorithm, and this wasn't some low level decision, but a path to remonetization is available. It uh, it seems we can get back into YouTube's good graces by simply respecting, quote, preferred pronouns and refraining from offending any meaningful critiques of gender ideology. In other words, all I have to do is forfeit my integrity and betray all of my deepest held principles. Not to skip ahead, but I can tell you right now that my answer to that offer is not only no, but hell no. Now, um... Uh, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like um, I, the, I initially, when i when I read this, was overwhelmed with feelings of fear and frustration because a big part of my audience exists on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who is a more conservative uh, commentator, pastor, Pastor AJ. Obviously, I believe in the Bible and uh, take a literal interpretation of the Bible uh, wherever possible um, or, or wherever it's it's dictating that it should be literal. I don't just try to take it literally, but I think uh, when the Bible doesn't tell us that it's not being literal, I take it as such. I also believe that Uh, In in regard to gender and the gender ideology and the LGBT movement and some of the things that are being said today uh, on the topic of human sexuality, the Bible is very clear. I think uh, in the beginning, God created them, male and female. There are two genders. Gender is binary. And uh, when when God brought the first woman to the first man, our descendants, Adam and Eve, uh, he put brought them together in the first marriage. And so I think the Bible is clear on this. I don't think it's, you know, m- meant to be a metaphor of sorts. Obviously, you know, if you've watched the show, I don't believe in evolution. I think this is one of the biggest lies propagated in our culture today. It's taught to our young people. It's a way that the enemy is leading us astray from the earliest ages, uh, getting us to question God's word, God's existence, and uh, God's pathway to salvation, which is made available through the new Adam, Jesus Christ. Uh, And and so uh, having said all of that, um, obviously I'm coming from a particular vantage point, but it really made me question my participation on a platform that would demonetize uh, another fellow Christian in Matt Walsh, who is uh, doing... God's work in the world, and uh, there's a lot of people out there doing God's work, obviously, uh, I'm not singling him out or glorifying him in any way. He's just a man, he's just a human being but uh, but he is speaking out against a lot of the evil that we see taking place in our culture, uh, something that I myself have done and um, and it made me question what I'm doing here on this platform. So I wanted to discuss that a little bit. I want to discuss this idea of gender ideology and uh, basically my thoughts in regard to what's happening to him and uh, basically my response in YouTube in terms of uh, how will, how will I engage YouTube and uh, what do I have to say to the executives at YouTube in regard to what's happening and big tech in general So, uh, Don, I just wanted to get your thoughts because we watched this together Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on what happened to Matt Walsh? I guess the targeting that took place. Um, if, if you do watch the video, you see that his family was approached by someone at church and that was where it all started for him. Because when you engage the culture war and you stand up to some of these cultural bullies, uh, they come after you. It, it, your, your world is not a safe place. Sometimes even your home and your phone, as he saw his phone hijacked by the left yep. this week, uh, is not a safe space anymore. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he went through some trials demonetized by YouTube uh, because of their stance. They're not neutral. That's one of the things I want to point out they're taking a stance on right. this gender uh, ideology. Um, and they're using their platform to promote one side of the argument, uh, which is the wrong side, which is not the biblical side. So having said all of that, I mean, that's just a little background on it. Again, there's a link to the video, the, that video in this description of this video. So you can take a look at it. You can watch, um, everything that he had to say. In fact, I think the email that we received is actually just a transcript of the video that he put together. So you're actually getting the same content either way, mm-hmm. but, uh, Don, what were your thoughts as you watched
1: To be honest with you, I was very surprised because I didn't think YouTube would do something like that. Maybe I'm naive, but I never thought that they would do something like that. And, you know, I like YouTube. I've watched a lot of uh, stuff on YouTube. I've really, there's shows that I really like that are on there. And I was just surprised, especially going against our First Amendment Which is free speech. Yeah. And we're allowed to speak our minds. Now, I have never watched Matt Walsh except, now this is the second video I've watched of his today. I see nothing in it that I would consider canceling, but... I'm not the ones running YouTube. Yeah.
0: Well let, well, let me ask you this question. I mean, do do you see in him anything that's hateful? Because I think that's one of the critiques of him. And I, I did a whole series last year called "Mean Jesus," where I showed that Jesus wasn't just this powder puff. He just wasn't this sort of milk toast thing that we've made him out to be today. Uh, the Jesus of love. Yes, God is love, and that is His nature. God is also truth. Jesus said that the truth will set you free. And so, you know, the Bible says, speak the truth in love. There's, you know, there's, there's different, um, God disciplines us, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's different forms that love takes. Uh, but there are, are also love is not the only concept expressed in the Bible. There's other concepts expressed that if you're going to walk with Christ, if you're going to be a Christian and follow Jesus, you're going to, you know, I guess be a, be well-rounded in that regard. So do you see anything in Matt Walsh that you think is, uh, that is mean, that is, that is rude, that is evil, um, or anything like that? Because I think that's how he is often characterized. I would, I would say that he is somebody who, um, you know, he's a, he's a truth speaker in in our culture today. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the risk of, you know, and I'm not saying that he is unloving by any stretch, because I think the most loving thing you can do is, is tell somebody the truth, but, um, but but that's what his critics would say, right? And, and that's what critics of Jesus might have said when, when Jesus not to equate a human being with Jesus. And I'm not because I've done the same thing, and so is the church in this age, in this time period. Not only in American history, but in Western civilization, there's a lot of church people who are speaking the truth. They're teaching the Bible. And, uh, you know, do do you see anything in Matt Walsh that's mean or that movement that's mean? And your thoughts on that?
1: I don't see anything that's mean in what he's doing. Matter of fact, I think the people that are threatening his life, his family's life, they say he should be killed, uh, that he's got to have armed guards, that uh, he's even notified the police. And I don't know other factions that he's notified about this. But to me, he's not the mean one. The mean ones are the ones that are doing it to him. Yeah. Because it's alright for them to hack his phone, to hack his computer, to invade his life, to threaten his family. And what's he what do they think he's going to do? Just stand there and take it? Yeah. Because I don't think so. I know I wouldn't take it, and I know you wouldn't take it. But the bottom line is who's mean?
0: Right, right. It's
1: not him. It's yeah, the it, ones that it, are coming right. against it, him.
0: And just to uh, you know, kind of give you a little bit more background, this is something that he ta- that he talked about. He said that on Wednesday, with no sleep, I flew to the University of Iowa to deliver a speech in front of what turned out to be a massive, sold out crowd. There was a lot of energy in the room, which gave me enough of a boost to get through the event without passing out on stage or descending into incoherent Joe Biden mumbles. Outside, throngs of protesters took to the streets, stopping traffic and blocking the exits out of the event. They dumped thousands of marbles in the hallway outside of the auditorium in hopes of causing serious injury to the hundreds of people walking out. Fortunately, the plan failed. So um, you have basically in the extreme left today, uh, you have this... You have almost a violent mm-hmm. streak, uh, in which in which violence is justified in order to uh, achieve their means of pushing their agenda right. further down the line. And uh, maybe you've never heard me speak this directly about these kinds of issues. Um, I, I actually try not to get political, and and this is not meant to be a political speech by any stretch. Right. So I I don't want you to think that while you're listening to me talk. It's just that um, we'll just say the extreme left today uh, characterized by those who are pushing some of these, this, this sexual ideology on our kids um, and in our culture and uh, you know, the, the abortionists, these kinds of things, which Mm -hmm. in my view, these are biblical Christian issues. This is not a. This is not something that we can look at and say oh, it's just a cultural issue. Oh, it's just no. These these are biblical Christian okay. issues that exactly. have to do with a uh, have to do with our not only our walk with Christ, but also with living a lifestyle of obedience to the Bible. Um, on, number one, honoring the Bible, which I think is something that increasingly not only our culture but churches. Are not doing a great deal of this ministry is spent trying to uplift the Bible, trying to get you to know that you can rely on the Bible, and I think that's important because without some of these basic starting places, without some of these um, foundations, taking the Bible, taking the Book of Genesis literally, um, without some of these basic things, the Book of Genesis describes to us why we need a Savior. So if, if God sent his son to die because sin is in the world, the book of Genesis tells us where sin came from. If we can't trust the need for sin, why would we trust that, that we should even receive an application or that the application uh, took place, God's means of providing a sacrifice for our sin, even be necessary? And in other words, why should we believe any of it? So you know, I, I'm of the mindset that like I want to spend a great deal of time trying to get you and our culture and our communities back to an understanding that the Bible is true because I think this is the greatest way for us to experience God's blessings in the world as a culture, Amen. as a people. And so there's, there's a move in culture that a lot of people gravitate towards on the extreme left where they are uh, pushing an ideology, not just politically but culturally, uh, that is not only unbiblical, but I would say, it, 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 and I, I think this is obvious, I don't think I'm saying anything scandalous or, uh, uh, or anything like that, um, controversial. I'm not saying anything controversial, but I, I think that some of these things are obvious that, that these, this agenda stands opposed, clearly opposed to the plain uh, and straightforward teachings of God's holy, inspired, and amazing word. Amen. And so, um, and so we see this movement taking place in culture today. And I guess um, I, I want to know what our response is to that as influencers. Because as a pastor, I've taken this step to be an influencer. I've taken this step to put my ministry here where you're viewing it so that you can view it. Because if I was pastoring a church it would be harder to market this message to the masses so that people can hear it, this message of the gospel. And so, um, and so I, I, it shook me a little bit when I, when I saw this this week, because I saw, man, I'm, I, I actually track my numbers every week, Don, and you know that I do, you know, we, we might have like, let's say um, I think we're around 40,000 views, I think in Mm -hmm. the, in the last month on YouTube, just on this platform. Right. And we're not monetized. Uh, Yet, so, uh, so it's really of no concern to us. You know, YouTube Mm -hmm. can't take our monetization away because we have none. We're not, we're not big enough yet. But I guess just as a, um, as somebody who's seeking to reach people in the marketplace, um, I wanted to give you my thoughts on, biblically, I think what the early church did. And, you know, you, you see basically Matt Walsh's, Matt Walsh's response and the response of the Daily Wire who hosts his show is to uh, remove him from YouTube and to uh, stream all of his shows or at least his full shows for free on the Daily Wire. So I think it's, it's a smart marketing move because Mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're taking a show that's in demand and they're offering it exclusively on their platform, the Daily Wire's app, which I know you said you recently downloaded. Yeah. So I think that's good, but from a Christian perspective, should I remove myself from YouTube? My answer to that is going to be no, even though, um, I feel frustrated by what the higher ups on this platform are doing and others, not just YouTube, but Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, Twitter and, and some of these ones, you know, Twitter, we can at least say, I mean, Twitter, Twitter was recently bought by Elon Musk and, um, to my knowledge Elon Musk is not a believer in the Lord Jesus um yeah, I know. you know so but he um but but he has at least striven to make Twitter a safe space mm-hmm. for some of the things that that we would discuss we on on this the show First and others. Amendment. yeah right and so um so having said all that i mean like there is a disappointment on my part in terms of In terms of social media platforms and what they try to do, the the censorship that they have toward messages that don't meet their ends and their agenda and the world that they want to take shape. Mm -hmm. That world, if it sets itself up against God's kingdom, is going to find itself ending in an abysmal failure. It will not succeed, it cannot succeed. And so I'm not worried in that sense that God's kingdom is, you know, somehow going to fail or collapse. Right. We certainly know that that is not going to happen.
1: It never will happen. It
0: never will. And and so like, why would I stay on a platform, Don? Why would we stay on a platform where uh, it, not only this platform, but let's say Facebook or TikTok. I mean, there's, there's concerns about TikTok and Um, it's, it's connections to the Chinese government Mm -hmm. and maybe they're stealing information from us. I am on all of these platforms, ironically, except for Twitter. That's the only, the only one where I don't spend a great deal of time. Um, uh, we, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple podcasts, uh, Snapchat on Instagram, all these different, everything that we can be on. And, you know, the reason I won't remove myself from YouTube until I'm kicked off of YouTube, um, is because I feel like the early church preached the gospel mm-hmm. in the marketplace, right? And today, the marketplace is YouTube. Right. The, the marketplace is Facebook. The marketplace is TikTok. In fact, if I'm worried about the Chinese government stealing my information, I quite frankly, I mean, I can care less. I mean, some of these are decisions you, you need to make for yourself, but. I would love for the Chinese to steal my information about the gospel that Maybe I'm preaching. Maybe they get saved. And <laughs> yeah. Steal away and, and do something with it. Listen to it. I pray that in China, I pray that if you're part of some atheistic communist regime, that mm-hmm. you hear my words right now, that through the Lord Jesus alone, you can receive salvation. Amen. And he can create transformation in your culture in China, uh, potentially to truly make you the new world superpower. There's this, I'll, I'll tell China the secret. Ready for this, Nong? <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> this is, it, it, they already know because they did a study on this like 10 years ago. Okay. They did a study on why historically Christian nations have been the most prosperous nations in the history of gee, the world. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, gee, right <laughs> So they they did a study on this, okay, and uh, they just, you don't have to look too far to notice some of these things historically, but uh, Christian nations, why are they so prosperous? Well, Psalm 2, right? Mm -hmm. Psalm 2 talks about David's son. It was written by David, Israel's king who was acting as a prophet, and he sees and realizes this promise that God gave him for a son that would sit on his throne forever. Now, this son is the Messiah, as we know, David envisioned this son as the Messiah because David prophetically says in Psalm two, ask of me, uh, speaking to God, the father, this is God, the son, excuse me, God, the father speaking to God, the son in Psalm two, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Okay. And then it goes on to say, kiss the son, lest he become angry and you perish in the way towards the end of Psalm two. So the idea is that the, the nation's Within the kingdom of God, okay, this is the kingdom of God was established with Christ's coming. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and that in this age, the nations, the people groups that accept and embrace the Son, who's the king of the whole universe Mm right now. Amen. He's the one in all authority. Biden's not, Trump's not, Jesus is those nations will be the most prosperous nations. I mean, the Bible says that, okay? So, China, steal it. Steal away. Let the Christian church flourish in your culture. Stop pushing Jesus down in your culture, and your culture will experience transformation, and your culture will experience prosperity. America Stop pushing Jesus down and God will bring about again our prosperity because we seem to be in a little bit of a decline, but I want to say to you now, stop pushing. Pushing the gospel down. Stop persecuting Jesus and Jesus will lift you up. Repent, YouTube executives, and turn from your wicked ways and God will turn and heal your platform. He will heal your channel. He will bring prosperity to you in ways that you have never known. And you don't do it, you don't receive Jesus so that you can get the prosperity. It's just what God does. Amen. So if you want to know, Truth and you want to see success in this world and especially in the next, because you will experience persecutions for your identification Mm -hmm. with Christ. That's what look, all of the apostles died. All of them died martyr deaths, Mm -hmm. except for John. Right. But they tried to kill him. Yeah, they they just didn't succeed. And then he got he got exiled after according to tradition uh they tried to either poison him yeah, or poison uh or throw him into boiling yeah, oil yeah there was so, boiling
1: uh, oil too <laughs> so they depending they on which account you read
0: or it might have been both who knows you know i don't, who knows um but they didn't it didn't succeed and then he was exiled to patmos where he saw god's revelation and uh anyways bottom line is don like Why am I on YouTube still? Because the gospel's more powerful. Right. And because God wants us to preach the gospel. In fact, Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said to preach the gospel to all of creation. Mm -hmm. Some translations, you know, like the King James, I think it says, preach the gospel to every creature. Does that mean that God wants us to preach to the squirrels? No, not necessarily. I mean, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. The squirrels know of the glory of God more than some of the darkened human hearts do today. Oh, amen. <laughs> okay. So, um, so you know, in, in light of some of these things that we see going on with big tech today, in light of what we see with Matt Walsh, and I actually, you know, responded with email praying for you, Matt, heart goes out to you, a Christian brother right. uh, who is experiencing tribulation because of his identification with Christ and what he sees as God's mission in the world today. And I affirm that for you, brother. And, uh, and, and I call on the YouTube executives and, and others, other social media giants today, to repent. To repent of your wickedness. To stop calling evil good and good evil Mm, and God will bless you if you want God to bless you stop calling evil good and good evil stop calling up down and left right that's right go ahead Don
1: I was going to say this this is going against something I mean what you're saying to a certain extent what happened to the early church they tried to kill them they tried to run them out yeah and when they went to Pentecost and they got tongues put on them, they all prophesied, they all got on fire for Jesus Christ. Right. So what did they do? They ran out of Jerusalem. They ran out of that country. And what did they do? They preached throughout the known world at that time. And what happened? The explosion of Jesus Christ really yeah. exploded. Oh, yeah. So yeah. by them doing what they're doing today— On all these platforms and trying to push it down, and trying to push this other ideology out there about uh, gender and everything else, they're pushing down Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus do to Paul on his way to Damascus? He knocked him off the horse and he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So they're not persecuting us. They're persecuting Jesus Christ, the yeah. King of kings and Lord of lords. And do you think he's going to take it? Right. No. Yeah. He's going to make this explode in their faces to where it goes exactly the opposite way that they're trying to push it. And then there is what you've heard that what goes around comes around. Yeah. What you reap what you sow. They're going to reap what they
0: sow. Right. And, and you know, you might think, like, maybe I'm being melodramatic about this, or you hear speeches sometimes like Christians, oh, we're being persecuted. But this is persecution yes, that's taking is. place today. When, when you have lives being violently threatened. And what, lies what, being told. Right. What is, the, what is the next step? The next step, in, in, and it's happening around the world. It's a step away from happening here in this country. Violence against Christians. Well it is it is one oh, step yes. away it's being threatened it's even being done in du- some dumping marbles in a in a uh in an auditorium hoping that people fall and hurt, get hurt, fall and, and get hurt right. is you know um talking about how some of the people who are speaking truth to our culture who are speaking God's truth to our culture should have their their heads beaten in with a baseball bat right that is uh yeah be yeah. murdered that's that's, what that's persecution they said. so that's so so And and, and are we being melodramatic? No, I, I used to be of the mindset that the church needs to stop engaging the culture war. And I, as a pastor, and and you know, Dawn, because you've Mm. been with me for a lot of years, because we've done all kinds of different things to try to reach, uh, people out, people, outsiders people that aren't typically church ah, attenders the
1: and, and there's yeah. so
0: many pastors that I know in our community and elsewhere that will just bend over backwards to try to share Christ with people I think it shows the heart of Christianity I think it shows the heart of the true heart of churchgoers which is to win people over to the truth which is to to, uh, to be loving and welcoming to people um, to be inclusive that's what the church is but the enemy comes at it with a lie. And says that the church is exclusive. The church isn't welcoming by what it does. The church isn't welcoming by preaching the truth. No, the most loving thing that you can do is preach the truth. And as a pastor who, for a lot of years, did all kinds of things to try to reach people, um, I think some of the things that I engaged in as a pastor, I walk mm-hmm. away after the experience. And you don't know until you try, right. right? But I walk away saying, you know, some of this stuff was really just trying to accommodate sin, and it was true, and it was, and it, was, uh, and it wasn't. I mean, here's the thing: is like God's going to give fruit, right? God's going to make fruit through whatever you do. If right. if you try to, um, you know, if if you try to, um, I don't want to say water down your preaching, but if you if you try to be sense culturally sensitive so that you can preach the gospel, God is still going to work through it. It's not like. It's not like nothing's going to happen if you right. if you try if you. Um try to reach a demographic, uh, an unreachable demographic, uh, by being more sensitive, um, like God's still going to work through it. And and, I, and some of the things that I did as a pastor, one of the big things that we did was a, mm-hmm. was a kids' theater program right. at the church. That was one of the big things that we did. We had and food so
1: giveaways. We had
0: food giveaways at the church. I mean, we had, uh, what, what else did we do? We, we did a passion play where we presented right. the gospel at the church. Um, but, like, a, a lot of those things— don't necessarily bear fruit in the moment anyways. Right. Um, and, and I'm not saying that in any one of those things that we did as a church, those th- means by which we tried to reach people were bad. I think they're good. I think you learn. I think they take place. I think if you don't try new things, then you're not really growing in your relationship with Christ. But all I'm trying to say is that I'm an experienced pastor. I've been doing this for a lot of years, so I feel like my... Opinions should be taken with a little bit of weight. In that, the best and most effective way you can reach people for Jesus is by engaging the culture. I actually think, and I've I've preached the opposite, but now I've come around to see that that's exactly what the early mm-hmm. church did. That's exactly what Paul did in Ephesus.
1: Right. He, exactly. If you
0: look at if you excuse me, Athens in Athens. If you look at what Paul did. Not just Athens, but everywhere. But if you look at what Paul and the early church did, they didn't just overlay the biblical narrative. Because sometimes people will say, well, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to talk about evolution. You don't want to talk about some of, of some of these things or gay marriage because it, it might offend somebody. It might." Um, Christ was an offense. We have to talk about some of these things, and in fact, that's exactly what the early church did. It's exactly why the early church was killed. Right. Matt Walsh is being threatened today. Right. So are a lot of other Christians yep. being threatened today. In the West, they're being threatened. I've experienced a ton of pushback because of some of the things I've done over the last couple of years within my own community. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm saying is I know that I'm serving Jesus in what I'm doing, and I, and I, don't, I don't regret it. After years, twenty three years. This August, on right, twenty three years is how long? I've ah, you old in, man. I'm you. an old man. I mean, I've been in pastoral ministry. I went into pastoral ministry when I was 22. So I've actually been in pastoral ministry longer than I haven't wasn't right. in pastoral ministry. So like, so I mean, a lot of people can say, "Hey, I, I've been a Christian now longer than I haven't. I've been a pastor now at this point mm-hmm. <laughs> longer than I haven't been a pastor." Exactly. So all I'm trying to say is, like, you know, I've, I've gone to seminary. I've studied different, you know, all kinds of different ways of reaching people and things like that. And all I'm trying to say is the best thing the church can do in this age is preach the truth. Preach the truth in love. Preach the truth in love. There's a whole show just to be done on that. Preach the truth in love, but preach the truth. It is actually the most loving thing you can do. We will stay on all these social media platforms. Uh, we're going to keep preaching the gospel because that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus went into the YouTube of his day, which was the temple. That's where all the authorities who were opposed to him were. They called the shots. They were the ones who made the structures. They were the ones who, they were the first cancel culture. Hmm. Amen. That tried to get rid of somebody. They You're tried right. to silence somebody. Yep. And and yet where did he go? Where did he go? He didn't go he, he didn't go to India. No. He went to the temple. Mm-hmm. He went to YouTube. He preached the gospel on YouTube. He preached the gospel on Facebook. He preached he's doing it today. He's doing it today through me, through Matt Walsh, right. through other Christians. Right. He's preaching the gospel. In all the earth to all of creation. So we will continue to do that, and uh, that's about all we got for today. I just wanted to discuss uh, what's going on there, and um, I, I hope that it was—I hope that that it taught you something about what you should do, what your role in culture should be, and about how you can make a difference. Preach the gospel in your school. Preach the gospel in your government. Preach the gospel in your law firm. God's law is higher than the law of the United States of America. I'm sorry to say Amen. it sounds sacrilegious. Preach the gospel in the streets. Preach the gospel in your rallies. Preach the gospel in your mom's group. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel in your universities. Preach the gospel in your in your classes. Preach the gospel on your baseball team. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel wherever you are. Use words when necessary. Amen. But preach the gospel in Jesus' name. We love you. And uh, if you haven't received the gospel… I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Uh, Invite him in. Ask him to be your savior, and your life will never be the same. We love you in Jesus. God bless you, and we will see you next time.